How's that looking to you? Pretty good, I think. Look at that. You can see your face in those shoes now. But shining. Yeah, but these are suede. Will not be presented at this time. You want me to shine your other shoe, too? So we may bring you this special podcast. How about your socks? No, thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for Peculiar Podcast, hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. Clean. You're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. <laughs> can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. It's love and time. Well, I have to tell you the fact, I'd never heard of this fellow before, but uh, it, sometimes it, you have to check out, uh, shuffle off this mortal coil to be remembered for the first time. And his name was Russell Batiste Jr., died of a heart attack, 57. Uh, he was a drummer, but he's part of a family, of the Batiste family of New Orleans. There are families of New Orleans musicians that generation after generation kick out new musicians and Russell Batiste's uh, dad and his family were musicians so why not him but he was a drummer and he played with this fury and energy that uh, made him very memorable he had some bands called the meters one called Vita Blue named after the Oakland A's pitcher of, uh, of the past and uh, his younger cousin is John Batiste do you know who John Batiste is Lisa? When I move my body just like Now, are these Frenchmen? No, they're not. They're not. They're not French. Uh, but they uh, they play in the French Quarter. John Batiste was a pianist, singer, and is a songwriter. Used to be the uh, band leader on Stephen Colbert's Late Show, and then ah. John Batiste started having so much success that he said, "Well, I got to quit this gig and just no kidding go full time." And so that's what he's done. Anyway, Russell Batiste, Jr., he is gone. Uh, Dick Butkus, I know that one must have hit you pretty hard. Dick Butkus, 80 years old. <laughs> I'm still crying about that. Of course, a great, he was a great middle linebacker in the 60s and 70s, played with the Chicago Bears. Dick Butkus played defense like no NFL player before or since. He went to the University of Illinois. Uh, prior to that, and uh, old-timers will remember that he was on the team, the Illinois team that beat the Huskies in the 64 Rose Bowl. Then he did, went into commercials. Mr. Bootkiss and I have a problem. I do not appreciate American football, and I don't appreciate rugby. However, there is one thing we both appreciate. Light beer from Miller. I never like your football, but I do love your light beer. Mike, I never like rugby, but I do love those cute little shorts. <laughs> did some TV shows, Dick Butkus ate. He didn't like anybody with a different color jersey. I mean, he really disliked you, you know. He he went after you like he, he hated you from his old neighborhood. What, what kind of an estimate would you make on how many stupid jokes about his last name were made? How, just... Just give me a rough estimate of what you think that number might be. Well, I I think there'd be a lot of people in the cemetery if they said it to his face. Let's put it that way. But behind his back, oh sure, absolutely. It's just one of those names that why wouldn't? Well, first of all, what is that name? Where did it come from? B u t k u s. In the old days, in in the old days, you were named after what your father did, like you know. You know, Pat Blacksmith or Pat Baker or Pat Banker. So it makes you wonder. <laughs> I was talking to my friend Larry Pimp about this the other day. It isn't true of all names, but I, I, would, I would think that Butkus is a foreign name of some kind. Uh, you're thinking well, about he... anglicized names like, uh, sure. you know, Larry, Larry Cooper or... Uh, you know, it, it basically what your profession was, like you say, cash man, I think, right. 
<laughs> might have something. I think my ancestors were in the booking business, believe it or not. They, sure. In other words, they took bets on yeah. ho horse races and stuff. Maybe yeah. that's where it came from. I don't know. Well, but don't you think even though if it was a forename, you'd maybe sort of um, fancy it up a bit like boot kisse or something? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Be something to be said for that. Boot kiss. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't bring him back. Lisa. Nope. It's butt He's... kiss and it's kiss your butt goodbye. Butt cuss. Butt cuss. Butt cuss. Not butt kiss. It's When you say it, it sounds like butt kiss. Uh, this uh, fellow, uh, Russell, Russell Sherman, uh, classical pianist, shuffled on at the age of 93. And then a, a Dianne Feinstein, since we've last yes. recorded. She was the oldest sitting member of Congress, serving 30 years in the United States Senate. Feinstein is held by many for her historic firsts. She was the first woman to chair the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, and later the first woman to serve as a top Democrat on the Senate Judiciary Committee. 90 years old, mm -hmm. which, of course, was part of the whole argument about that our legislators are, are getting too old. And this is even true in the presidential race. Of mm -hmm. Here's my theory about that, Lisa Foster, yeah, if I may call you that. Yes, I'm wondering what your take is on that. It seems for many people, and maybe uh, some can get a little more involved with explanation, but basically the argument against uh, giving President Biden a second term is that he's too old. He's too frail. He, he looks his age. He's going to, what is he going to be? 106? 108. Uh, next year? Yeah. Uh, but I, but the thing is, if Trump would not color his hair, which he's been doing for years, it seems to change colors all the time, but he's going to be every bit as gray as, mm -hmm. uh, as Biden. If, if <laughs> you know, if Trump didn't do all these artificial things like tanning himself, or putting makeup on to look younger, they would look, both of them would, would look as old as they are. Well, Trump who cares is, how they look? That's not the point. Well, the point, matter how they... the point is not, that isn't the point. I agree. Okay. But if you're going to make a big issue out of, out of Biden's uh, superannuated appearance, sure. then let's, let's make Trump show up uh, without his hair colored and as he really looks. Maybe uh, bring him in in a sweatsuit, a well, tight a a tight sweatsuit, so we can really see what we're looking at here. <laughs> a tight sweatsuit. Well, I mean, I mean, let's face it: that Trump himself <laughs> does nothing but give ad hominem attack to people. So apparently, appearance is very important to him. Well, it not that be anything he's doing, not anything he's doing, is improving his appearance. These things you're saying is not improving his appearance at all. Don't you kind of find him kind of cute? Oh my God! Yeah, after devil. fourteen, fourteen martinis in an hour, you can yeah. do fourteen in an hour. <laughs> If I if that's what it took to make him look cute to me, that's what it would take. To hey, you know what? <laughs> I just uh, <laughs> forgot to to mention the lead of this podcast is that this is the three hundredth podcast that we have done, and it's going really, really well so far. Really well. Hold it, everybody! Hold it, please. <laughs> Okay, let them just let they gotta they gotta clap themselves out here, Lisa. Hang on. I know. Thank you. Oh, come on now. Come on. This is embarrassing. Okay, that's enough. Well, you didn't have to stop that quick. Huh. Okay, but this is where'd they go? What? Now, now, where did, did everybody we... go? I don't know. They came to their senses, I guess. Apparently, they sobered up. We uh, now was it our hundredth show that we did a special yes. presentation? Yeah, we we, yeah. Did, we did a live. Uh, well, it wasn't a broadcast. We did a live podcast down yeah. at uh, the Third Place Books in Lake yep. City Way. Yeah, and uh, Lake Forest and, Park. Yeah, a bunch of people showed up. It was really great. We brought uh, some some people that have been part of our radio show for the years and years. Mm -hmm. The Surf Dudes, the Ego Joes, our pal Dustin Hornby. Uh, all these great folks came by, and we, we just had a blast. We brought uh, Fred Hopkins came in, the movie reviewer guy. Jason Valentine was part of it. Uh, these names might not mean anybody that only know us through this podcast, but it was fun. But so you yeah. would think for the 300th, we might do something special. We didn't mm. do it for the 200 to 300. Yeah, let's do something special. And then we just sort of said, eh, You know I what I know. did? I don't know. I did something special. What did you do? I put on clean underwear and I brushed my hair. Well, that's nice. That's something. Yeah. 
<laughs> Trust me, that these days that is something. I didn't go to that extreme. Oh. Uh, I must say. And by the way, tomorrow is my wedding anniversary. <gasps> Another one? Let's celebrate your special day. I can't believe it. Yeah, I can't believe it. Neither can my <laughs> wife. She's, well, I know I'll, I'll wake her up tomorrow and say, happy anniversary, and she'll go, is that today? <laughs> I thought you were going to say she would go, who who's this? She thinks she. It's been our little joke, you know. In uh, in general, it, the stereotype is that it's always the man who forgets the wedding anniversary date. Correct. And, and the woman, it, it's just the opposite for us. Patty cannot remember the date we were married. She thinks it's uh, October eighth. It's actually October 9th. Sometimes she thinks it's the tenth. She at least knows it's in October. Well, that's good. Yeah. So there's that. That's. Does that on. hurt you in any way? It kind of hurts. It it makes it seem like the date's way more important to me than to her. What number? What number are you on? Oh, I'd rather not say. Oh, come on! I gotta look up the gift because I gotta find out what you're getting her. We have been married. Are you sitting down? Forty-seven. Oh. Holy cow, Pat! I know. What have I done? What is you know she what done? my, you know what uh, my my friend um, Mike Dillon course, would say. Of course, we you know were eight. Friend, you know what you know what my we friend were, Mike Dillon would say right now. No, and I, I don't care. We were eight years <laughs> old when we got married. <laughs> so if you're trying to figure out the math, oh, so they're just in their fifties right now. Oh, yeah. He would have said you'd have been out of prison by now. Yeah, I don't think so. many guys stay in prison for forty-seven years. No, if you it's, you know. <laughs> You know, if you'd done, if you'd killed her, you'd have been out of prison by now. Yeah, All right, so wedding anniversary. Let me look at this. That's what I'm saying. Wedding anniversary gifts. Let's see. Do you want new, traditional? New car, a horse. It looks like um, a oh, new cow. You're kind of close. I have to give her a chinchilla <laughs> or something. <laughs> Forty-seven is a gardening gift, so you could go get her a hoe. <laughs> Don't you think that, that would? would how nice you, how would you think that would go over if you said if you woke her up and you said happy anniversary, honey? Here's a hoe. <laughs> well, I I guess it's worth a try. She said that's sweet, honey. I got you a garden weasel. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you very much. Yeah, it is garden or plants uh, for the forty seventh. Now you better be prepared okay. well, for next good. year. You better yeah. start now for next year. You want to know well, what's happening next year? No, what what am I doing? If next? it is home improvement, so well, you're gonna be you're gonna be adding on a wing or something to your house. Well, I think home improvement means that I, I have to leave. Don't come around here no more. Don't come around here no more. Oh, anyway, how have you been? Thank congratulations! You, thank you. Thank you. Happy anniversary, baby. Got you on my I, I'd oh. raise a toast to you on that for you guys, but I, I can't, can't, can't do it. Happy anniversary, baby. Got you on my mind. Because, well, nothing's wrong. You well, no, actually. the arm or something? Everything's actually wrong. We are in the midst of a sober October, which mm. is uh, kind of the same deal as dry January. I don't know who makes this crap up, but I, uh, <laughs> I thought... Huh, I wonder what it'd be like to go to to just do that. What would that feel like? I don't know. Have you, I you've got, never you've never done it before? Dry, dry October I mean sober October? Yeah. No, have you? Well, yeah, I I will abstain. I've done it for length I'm not a heavy drinker anyway, but uh I a year and a half was uh maybe about three years ago. A year and a oh, half. Oh wow. Yeah. How'd you feel? Cranky? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was cranky. <laughs> I, I was clear-headed. I hate that. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm and, sleeping well. Yeah. I've fl- I've I've lost weight. I'm yeah, all of that. I just drove I, me nuts. I'm not puffy. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> the piano has been drinking. The piano has been 
have you ever done this for an extended period of time? Um, well, define what extended period. Well, first of all, you just said a moment ago, who, I don't think, <laughs> I don't know what idiot thinks up this stuff. Well, why are you going along with it? I don't know. Clearly, I'm bored. I'm like, huh, I wonder what sort of new crap I could invite into my life. I know. I'll could do sober October. October. That's the ticket. I just need something to complain about. You know me. So, well, I thought um, yeah. it might be something you were doing with a, a friend or, you know, oh, a little God, challenge. Oh, God, no. All of my, are you kidding? None of my friends would even go for that. They'd be like, you're a crazy woman. You go do your sober October. Or we're going to have a whiskey neat right now. Well, that, that, so, that doesn't uh, seem very supportive. I know. So, yeah. So I went out on a date last night. I had a date. I had a date. And, uh. Hey, what constitutes a date? We went to a bar. Way. What? What do you well, mean? We, I just had a high school reunion not long ago. Yeah. And uh, my wife talked to a guy who, have, he, he, he just to pester her every high school reunion. <laughs> you mean like pester her in a creepy way or? Well, he, he, and he's been married longer than we have, but. Oh, did he like her? He brings it back uh, uh, up all the time. You remember when we were in high school and. And and then I went to your house and and your mom said you couldn't come to the door because you were sleeping or something. And then I found out later you weren't that you you just didn't want to see me. Remember that? Oh. And she said, "No, I, I no, I I really was sleeping." And uh, uh, but and uh, but he kept saying, "Well, we went. Remember when we used to go on dates and stuff?" And then suddenly you stopped seeing me. And so this time oh at the high school reunion, she says, look, let me, I'm going to clear the air with you here. Now, back when I didn't answer the door that time and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and then all the dates we went on and stuff. And he goes, we, what do you mean dates? We never went on any dates. What? That's not what you've been saying for these last 50 years. No, I don't, I don't remember going on any dates. So now he's changing his narrative. Oh. Why? Because they just hung out together, in his opinion, and it's not the same thing as a date. Oh. Even though, even though they did these hanging out together's on a regular basis. So, so yeah. that's my question to you: is what constitutes a date? When you're on a date, do you say, "Well, here we are on a date," or if you just go off hiking for a, a few hours with a guy, is that a date? Yeah, it's a murky. It, it's murky. Because uh, it's murky. <laughs> I don't know. I just always assumed if somebody of uh, of of romantic interest invited yeah. you out, that was a date. But. Right. If they're not clear on whether they're they've friend zoned you or not, and then you have some guys who are kind of romantic but not super eager to define it as rom- like d- don't expect anything. We're just hanging out. Oh, okay. Yeah. I won't trust me. I won't. Yeah, don't worry. I'm not going to expect anything from you, jackass. Jackass will jump and bray. Let him bray. Let him bray. I said the jackass will jump and bray, Lordy, let him bray, let him bray, everybody. Jackass will jump and bray, let him bray, let him bray. Jackass will jump and bray, let him bray, let him bray. So it's it's murky. It's, yeah, it's I, very murky. Yeah. I'm telling you, the dating world is not for the faint of heart. It is. You are so lucky that you're waking up to a woman tomorrow who's not even doesn't even remember she married you. And you're married. You've been married for forty-seven years. Yeah, she. I tell you, I said you could get out at any time. We used what? to have. We used to have this thing where we would re-examine uh, our marriage every that's, nine years. That that's was so smart. Well, every just, nine years, it, it, it's more of a bit than a real commitment. Oh. But. What What was with the nine? And did you go over mer- uh, uh, demerits? And merits was that sort of a like a little sheet that you'd yeah. go over for yeah. the past nine years? And what what why was it nine years? I don't know. We just made it up. Nine of diamonds, 
But we also kind of lorded it over our kids. <laughs> I, said, I said, you know, we, we if this doesn't go well uh, in our ninth year or 18th year or 27th year, I mean, you guys, we're, we, we're going to split and you guys are on your own. Good luck. So they were more tense about the nine-year deal than we were. <laughs> but so far, That's we have terrible. renewed every time like a library book. Yeah. So yeah. you're you're lucky that you're not swimming around in this. This is a I don't quite, I do not envy. It could be, you, it could be quite don't. the cesspool. I I've met some really lovely lovely men, but there's a lot of um uh there's just a lot of iffy things that happen with people who are out and they say they're looking. Not everybody's looking for what you're looking for and I'm looking for love and connection and a relationship and that does not seem to be something that you would assume that people who jump on online dating are looking for that very. And that's your first mistake is don't ever assume that's what they're out there for. Some people are on online dating because they're bored. Some people are on there because they just want validation. They have no intention of ever creating a relationship with you. Some want to do have a relationship, but they're just ill-equipped. They're insufficient. They're emotionally unavailable. Mm-hmm. I could go on and on and on. on, and on. She just keeps on trying. And she smiles when she feels like crying on and on, on and on, on and on. That's why it's upsetting that I'm in the middle of sober October. (laughs) I went on a date with a guy last night to a bar and had a mocktail. And let me tell you, that would have been a great time to have a cocktail, not a mocktail. I don't know. Uh, I just I remember the the uh, airplane movies. That the one in particular. I think it was Lloyd Bridges played the character who kept saying, it's "Like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking." And then later he says, it's "Like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking." And then, it's "Like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines." And finally, <laughs> "I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue." Well, <laughs> yes. It's never a good day, I guess. Yeah. For some of those things. Yeah. Uh, but I did talk about our high school reunion. We had, yeah. and it's very flattering. They will say, "Hey, Pat, would you MC our high school reunion?" And the last two times I've was done this it, the first year. Uh, was this the first year that they asked you? No, they, this is kind of like ex- you know, when the, one of those things where they expect you to do it. Oh. It's like, well, that's that's uh, we'll check that one off. That's automatically going to happen. And the last couple of times, especially the last one, not the most recent one, but the previous one. Uh, I I brought a whole bunch of jokes, you know, I made it very personal and I talked to, you know, individuals that were going to be there. And if you were sitting anywhere behind the first or second tables, you couldn't hear it. It is a horrible sound system. And I realized I wasted my time doing this whole thing. And, and, and then I also realized that people just want to, they want to, they haven't seen each other in all these years. They mm-hmm. want to just hang out and talk with each other. They don't want to program. Yeah. They don't want to show. They, they want to talk to me. But when I proposed it to the people organizing the reunion, they weren't very happy about that. They said, what? You're not going to do it? What? Oh, so, but I did persuade them. I said, no, let's just do not have a presentation. Let's just, you can come up and greet people. Hey, everybody, let's have a good time. Maybe bring a band in, you know. A yeah. juggler, a ventriloquist, something. But I think it was a much better reunion. There was one point where a wom- the woman in charge got up and she said, Ah, uh, is anybody? Oh, first of all, she reads off this list of everybody in our class that's crow. Oh. And they go through all the names alphabetically. Did she say it like that? Here's everybody who croaked. No, it says, and then they played some corny music under it, too. Oh. And Marvin Johnson and Luella Bartholomew. And I guess we're all going to miss those people. And also, 
Can everybody remember Leonard Stufflebean? Yeah. I guess he got kicked in the head by a horse. What? Huh. I'm now being told it was a donkey. So they do this, and then she says, Okay, and then she opens it up to the room. Does anybody here have any memories they'd like to share about any of the people that have passed on or any high school memories, generally speaking? Anybody? Oh, and no. it's just like that. That's why I don't go to comedy clubs, by the way, for the most yeah. part. I get so uncomfortable if the guy's not or the woman's not getting a laugh that I'll try to do a laugh, a fake laugh, just so Aww. somebody laughs. And then yeah. and I just I'm just I just feel so uncomfortable for it. It's yeah. just part of the deal. That's what you're up there to do. Failure is part of anything. But but I don't know about you. I've been to funerals, memorial services, mm-hmm. and so I've experienced this over and over. If anybody have anything to say, and then mm-hmm. nobody says anything. If it's about a guy that just died, and mm-hmm. then nobody has anything to say, that is saying something. Nobody can well, think no. of anything to say. I don't. It. I don't think that's it. I think that's just people's fear of speaking in public. Well, there's some of that for sure. Being put on the spot, being not prepared. I'm sure they have plenty to say. My point is, yeah, my point is, Lisa, that if you're organizing like a memorial for somebody or or what have you, this happens at auctions a lot. You know, they'll say, uh, anybody, they'll say, you know, before the auction, the charity person will say to me, we thought we would start uh, the fund to need at $5,000. And, I, and I'll say, well, do you expect that somebody will give you 5000 We don't know for sure, but we think so. And my admonition is always, look, know for sure what, what you got going there. Yeah. Uh, ask around. Say, you know, just ask people, would you, will you give it, start us at $5,000? If you get at least one, then that's a good place to start. If you're just guessing, that yeah. can get awkward. And it might even hurt some of the next levels, you know, 3,000, 2,000, if nobody gives at the... Well, I'm not worried at my memorial. Um, I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of people who have a lot of things to say about me. (laughs) I think people will be shoving each other out of the way to get up there and go, let me tell you a little something about that woman. (laughs) Yeah. I've never... I've held this for years. (laughs) Yes. But... That's what I was getting to with the date thing. I mean, would it be a, would you consider it a date if a guy calls you up, says, hey, let's meet over at Starbucks? And you say, okay. So you yeah. get there and he's yeah. working on something and yeah. you look over his shoulder and he's drawing what looks like a mechanical drawing of the interior, uh, almost like a blueprint mm-hmm. of, of some place. Mm-hmm. And then you say, hey, what you working on? Said, well, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking of knocking off a bank in a couple of weeks, <laughs> and I want you to be a part of it. And here's where I'm thinking that if you would drive the getaway car, you'd be parked right here, and then uh, then me and the other guy. Now, would that be considered a date? Yes. That would be. In my world, it would be. Oh, okay. So you're not going to say, no, I absolutely can't get involved with robbing a bank. You'd say, hmm, well, maybe. He's kind of cute. It- if he's cute, I'm in. Yeah, okay. I just check him. Just check. Yeah. Anyway, my point was that anytime you're going to ask people for their memories or stories or whatever, right. make sure you got a couple out there for yeah. sure. That, yeah. That yeah, when you get to that point in the program, I will st- stand up and do and do that. And and Pete, they do this at weddings or wedding oh, receptions yeah. Oh, yeah. too. It's just yeah. like, come on, people. Anybody but have usually some stories people... about the new couple? <laughs> Any people... fun stories? People are usually liquored up, so it, that actually goes a little better. If people got yeah. liquored up at a funeral, that might actually encourage people to get up. And yeah, it's a tough position to be in. But well, here's yeah. what here's one another weird thing that happened. I get up and I won't go into the whole story, but I I just tell the story from high school days, and it gets a little chuckle. And and then they say, and then another guy gets up and he walks over and he grabs the microphone from me, and Lisa. He tells the exact same story I've what? just told. What? Yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> and and I can see people looking at each other. What? Huh? What? 
Was he not paying attention? I guess. I guess. I, I don't know. I never got a chance to ask him. Huh. Real weird. Yeah, that is very odd. I guess what really annoyed me is he told it so much better. Here's to the ones that we got. Cheers to the wish you were cute, but you're not. Cause the drinks bring back all the memories of everything we've been through. Toast to the ones that it to the ones that we lost on the way Cause the drinks bring back all the memories And the memories bring back Memories bring back your My wife and I were watching uh, Some whodunit thriller type of Series last night This is this has been true for her For a long, long time And it I admire it And I'm also befuddled by it <laughs> she, she can predict Plot twists She can tell you who the killer is uh, and it can be fiction or non-fiction. She can tell you that that guy's actually, a, he's got a twin. You know, that that guy, I know he's there in his coffin, but he's going to, he, they gave him some kind of drug, so he will appear to be dead. And then as soon as, as soon as they leave the cemetery, he's got a, he, they gave him a, a little thing so he can bore a hole in the coffin and he can get out through a secret tunnel that's already been put there. You know, she can tell you all this stuff that's going to happen. And I go, how do you know this stuff? That's so quite I, the secret, I, secret power, superpower. Well, I tell her, I said, look, we could make a fortune here. I'm a pretty good writer. You come up with the plots of these things. You put all the twists in there and I'll do the writing. Yeah. We'll collaborate mm -hmm. and, and it'll be off to Italy and, and France for us. And what'd well, she say? Well, I think she doesn't want to give away her secret powers yeah. that readily. I, and it's more it's me just conjecturing than... I, yeah, anything, exactly. anything yeah. that's really going well, on. Well, let but, me know if you do that. I'm in. I'm not that you invited me, but I'm going to barge my way in anyway because that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. She's. I mean, she's very good at it. And I said, "How do you know this stuff?" She said, "Well, I think one of the reasons I'm good at it is because I used to watch soap operas a lot. Ah, and they—that's what they thrive on—are these weird, no unlike, unlikely coincidences. They do a lot of twins in soap operas. Uh, <laughs> they do a lot of uh, a lot of amnesia. Oh, amnesia is a mainstay in yes. soap operas. Yeah. <laughs> so he said, "The more yeah. you, the more you listen to that stuff and watch it, then you can kind of see there's a pattern to this. There's not a lot of new ideas or new plot twists out. What do they Very say? True. There are like ten jokes, yeah. basically in the world, if that many, and then every right. every other joke is just a retelling with that same formula. Right. Okay. Hey, well, I've, um, yeah, I got yeah. a couple of uh, websites I want to talk about. We don't normally plug these, but I want to talk about a couple of them. First off, I happen to get a lot of folks asking me, I don't know if you get this, about podcasting and you know who helped you with your podcast. I have, uh, we Why have do you our do podcast, your podcast? Yeah. Peculiar Podcast. And then I have my own podcast called Hello VO, which talks about voiceovers for beginners. And so I get a lot of folks asking about This is the first I have heard about that, by the way. You've yeah, never told I'm me really, about that other podcast. I know. I'm really So excited. you're seeing other it's people. Just... So you're, well, you're, you're talking to other people. I, just meet myself and occasionally I'll have a guest on there. Or you have guests on too. We never have guests on this show. Well, you we have each other. Yeah, I but... don't have... I don't know. It's fine. You can do that if you want. Yeah, do you, do you have sponsors and things like that on on your other podcast? No, I don't have. No, I'm not seeing any other sponsors. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I'm not jealous. I mean, if you want to have another podcast, <laughs> go ahead. I don't care. Yeah, like I care. Yeah, sure. I, oh okay, man. Good. Oh, I care so much. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay. You do do whatever you, okay? you want. Yeah. I'm fine. Are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. What'd you keep asking me that for? Okay, just wanted yes, to make sure. I'm fine. So, can I go on? Yeah, can yeah, I, go ahead. Can I continue? Yeah. Okay, so. Can't believe it. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, you were talking about your other better podcast. Oh, that's right. The one you actually prepare for. That's right. Now, this one just that means so little to you. Just, I just. Flick the switch on this one and see if you're breathing and then we go. <laughs> well, I am. <laughs> so I have had people ask about podcasting. So yes, our yes. friend Dave Tavers, which he, by the way, was very instrumental in helping us organize our yes. 100th 
podcast. He sure was. It was his podcast. idea to do it. Yeah. And so uh, he, he, I keep talking to him about this. So he's fantastic. And he helped us with um, getting our, our podcast together and not the content. So it, it's really about if you have an idea and you have content, that's something that he won't help you with. But getting everything set up, getting your website set up, getting all everything, the ducks in a row, your RSS feed, getting your podcast out there. He's brilliant at this. You and I, you know, we know this could not have gotten this up and running without Dave Tapper. Well, he's, he's, he's technically right there and he's really good at it. Yeah. I'm kind of glad Lisa, just between you and me that he doesn't get involved with the content of the show because <laughs> I, we try to be polite because he does so much for us, but he's always, you know, I, I could talk to him a couple of days ago on the phone. He's going, you know, I, I think you guys should do more stuff on necrophilia. You don't do <laughs> don't nearly enough that. stuff on that. Don't and, say that. That's not true. People are going to think that's true. And that's how how true. come how come you guys never talk about cheese? You just <laughs> you're always talking about you know cold cuts and stuff, <laughs> uh, meat and things, but never cheese. That's not and, true. Yeah. So he'll make suggestions like that, and I'll just politely say, "Well, sorry, Dave. We we have this so scripted and." Uh, planned out that we can't always fit in some of those better ideas no he's ter he's a terrific guy and he and he's very reasonable but he's very into it i mean he doesn't he doesn't fill you with a lot of uh technical jargon just so you think you're impressed with how smart he is he's very humble and easygoing guy and he's patient as heck and you have to be patient exactly let me explain it again to you pat here's how it works and here's what we need to do and he's he's terrific so we're heartily endorsing dave if you're thinking about podcasting or you want to set up a little audio situation for yourself i mean he can make recommendations about that yeah. stuff as can you to an extent too lisa but but and he'll help you with it, your yeah. domain name for your podcast. He'll help you set up the website, the technology. He's going to make it super easy for you to publish your show. <clears throat> and then once we they get he gets your website going, he'll get you connected with pod he knows all things podcasts. So go to his website. It's called yourpodcasttutor.com. And not tutor like like you're tooting. Like T-U-D-O-R, like you're thinking not, you're going to look at a house style or something. Nah, not yeah. not too, not farting, not house, not any of that. It's tutor, T-U-T-O-R. So your podcast tutor.com. And it's all there. And you can just grab a little quick um, little consultation with him. It's got great prices. And that's how you get going on podcasting. So yeah. he helped just, us. And so... Yeah, he, the only thing he insists on is he doesn't want to work on really good podcasts. Right. Uh, and I don't know why he has that policy, <laughs> but he does. Uh, I know. So you've got to have crappy content or yes. he won't even touch you. And his name, I asked him about this. I said, you must, nobody must ever be, pronounce your name correctly when they look at it. And he said, yes, that's true. Because his name is pronounced Tavers, his last name, but it's spelled T-A-V-R-E-S. It's clearly a misspelling. I don't know why he's not fixed. It should be that. like David Tavre, you know, but it's pronounced Tavre. So no. yeah. So there you go. Good. I'm so <laughs> glad we we uh, you did that because he des he deserves the plug and he's just great. Oh, he's, great. he's fantastic. He helped me with my other podcast. I don't know if I mentioned it to you, Pat. I have another podcast called. Yeah, hey I heard Leo. about it. I heard about okay. it. Yeah. So uh, I I got it in full disclosure, Lisa. I also have another podcast. Wait, what? Yeah. I what I'm you do? There, I'm sitting there acting like I'm all hurt and everything, and I've been two timing you. Yeah, what have yeah. you been doing, Mister? Uh, well, I, actually, it's largely completed. I think I may do a couple more episodes, but at this point, I consider the work done. There's mm -hmm. about 20 episodes of one mm -hmm. that I failed to plug because I never remember to plug anything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and it's called Almost Live, Still Alive. It's just like one word dot com. Yeah. And and it was a little project I took on about three years ago, I'd say. And I thought, let's talk. And this, again, was Dave Taver's suggestion. Let's talk yep. to everybody that was involved with the sketch comedy show, Almost Live, of which I was a part of. It was it began as a Seattle-centric sketch comedy show, but then it, it also was syndicated twice around the world, and it uh, was on Comedy Central for two seasons. So I, I wanted to talk to everybody that I could think of 
uh, that was involved with the show on a on a relatively significant basis. I mean, I could yeah. also talk to every intern, every guy that delivered pizza, you know, all, all of mm -hmm. that. But I, so I had to narrow it down and I wish I could have talked to every technical person we had. The lighting guy was terrific and the makeup artist and all that. But basically I'm talking to, if you ever saw the show, I'd talk to John Keister, Bill Nye, Ed Wyatt, Joel McHale. Tracy Conway, Nancy uh, Guppy, and all all of those folks. Bob. Plus, don't forget Bob. Bob, well, you can't forget Bob. No, we uh, can't forget the Bob. greatest writer of all time, Bob Nelson. <laughs> of course, Academy Academy nominated writer, That's right. Oscar nominated writer for the motion picture Nebraska, which he was nominated for best original screenplay. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they, that's what these are. They're, they run, sometimes they run less than an hour. Sometimes they go an hour and a half. If you get somebody very volatile, like, oh, I don't know, Keister. <laughs> and so, so, but they're fun. And I play a lot of clips from the shows and you find out the background of all of these people. And sometimes it's just amazing what, where people started from. I always yeah. make the point that, and I can't think of an exception that none of these folks beginning with Ross Schaefer, who was a stand-up comic at the time he got that show, but nobody was knew anything about how to write a sketch comedy show. Nobody had ever done it. Mm -hmm. And so it was uh, learning on the job, and I, and I still just cringe at some of the stuff that I wrote <laughs> and produced early on because it's just too long, you know, and we made it too long. I uh, didn't know how to build up to a good punchline, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. And then I learned, for me at least, I always work backwards. I think of where's where's the sketch? How's the sketch going to end? And then I work backwards from that. Oh. The example I give is one where I was walking into the building at King TV one time, and I noticed this door I'd always looked at that said, no exit. And I think, well, why is the door even there if there's no exit there? And I, So it's a, again, working backwards from that. The premise was that there's a door in, the, in any business that has no exit on it. And you see a guy walk out the door because he's curious. And then he drops five stories to the street below. <laughs> so then that engenders a meeting, uh, a safety meeting of, of, of employees there. And there's a, they're all discussing, what are we going to do about this problem? That's the third guy this week that has fallen and then everybody's coming up with ideas. Well, maybe we need to put more words on the no exit sign. Say, like, no exit, <laughs> you won't like it. You know, stuff like that. Or And then, of course, there's always one guy who raises his arm and says, What if we just board the door up so no one can walk through it? And he just gets stared at by everybody in the committee. <laughs> well, that's a really stupid idea, Steve. Seriously. And he, of course, caves into the peer pressure. That we should come up with a new sign. There you go. Anyway, I've gone on too much about that. But the point is that we all learned how to, to kind of do these things. And the beauty of that show was that it was on for 15 years. So it was like going to school for 15 years. And then you finally get, you know, this is pretty good. We're getting pretty mm -hmm. good at this now. Mm -hmm. And everybody, <clears throat> all the alumni from the show went on to other things, but still related to what we did on Almost Live. Bill Nye, of course. Yeah. Famous science guy. Joel McHale went to Hollywood and. Mm -hmm. Became a star and, uh, you know, and Keister and we all give s keynote speeches and or, or we're writers, but but it, it, it's great. So it's fun to talk to these people. One guy uh, lives in Thailand now and another guy lives in Australia. So the hardest wow. part for me of doing those podcasts was figuring out what time am I going to call you? I can't I couldn't figure out the time differences. So anyway, yeah. it's called almost live, still alive.com. And, uh, I think you, you might enjoy it. Even if you didn't watch the show, there's yeah. very interesting people. The interviewer is not very interesting, but the people, <laughs> it's a good podcast. I don't mind that you're <clears throat> stepping out on me because it's a good podcast. Okay. You're okay with it. Sure. That's you know, cool. I was on your dumb show a couple of times. You dragged me onto that show a couple of times. For almost a live. Of, yeah. Yeah. If people, of, eagle eyed people will see you. <laughs> I wanted to mention one other thing. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I'm just gonna do it. I, I, I've been wanting to. I've been wanting to mention this person. Uh, right. We have a, a slight acquaintance with her, and this is something I would expect from a guy, but not a woman. So we've had, we've gone to restaurants with her, 
and uh, we've had that, her and her husband over for dinner at our place. We've gone to dinner at their place. And I don't know if you know anybody about like this, Lisa. Once the meal comes out, the discussion ends, and she puts her head down, and she, he is the fastest eater I have ever seen. And it's just... <laughs> never looking up. Never, never, you know, talking, joining any conversation. It's just... <laughs> until it's bomb it's gone <laughs> I can't stand unbelievable and it's consistent and her, even her husband concedes yeah she does that she's always done that ever since we <laughs> met in college she can polish stuff off in no time she is serious when she gets to eating i'll tell you is she um is she underfed or is she overfed what's happening here i don't know she's not um, you know, a large woman, and she's just a normal, almost, I would say, slender. But Wow. Yeah. Maybe she doesn't eat all day. Maybe maybe that's her first meal of the day. Well, or a week. <laughs> maybe she hasn't eaten. Well, apparently not. I mean, it's not. I mean, you could get her, she could eat three squares a day and not, huh. probably not, collectively, not take up more than about four minutes of time. <laughs> Well, and here's it, another thing. You're from a big family, so yeah. I've heard, and I'm an only child. So here's here's what's interesting. When I was a kid, um, my mother used to set the timer on the stove, and if I did, I'm such a slow eater. I'm the last person oh. at the table, and she would set the timer, and I'd get in trouble if I didn't finish my. She'd give me like half an hour to finish, and if I wasn't done, I'd get in trouble. And even today, I'm always the last one. And I find it rude that waiters pick up everybody else's plates and leave me with mine. It's oh, yeah. very awkward. It's like, don't take everybody else's plates up until the last person is done chowing down. That's a whole other so, topic. Are waiters that come and take your food away? Hey, yeah. I'm still eating that. Well, but even if you're not, if everybody's not done, it's just rude yeah, to yeah. take the place. So maybe she's from a big family where they like, came out set the platter of food in the center and you had to get your get it get it while it's getting the getting's good baby yeah because you might not eat did you ever have did you ever have like fight over food with your brothers oh yeah Was well there... i mean that's the way we ate at our house i'm hungry i'm hungry i'm hungry yes i'm really hungry i'm hungry i'm hungry i'm hungry can't you see i'm hungry can't you see i'm hungry Five brothers and my dad, and you know everybody would sit down, and it'd just be that gnashing and gnawing and swallowing, and <laughs> and that's all you'd hear. There'd be no conversation. If there was conversation, it'd be. <laughs> I agree. Because that's it. You're desperate, like shit. This is all I'm gonna get to eat. I better dive in here. If I, you know. Dilly dally and delay is gonna yeah. mean that I don't get anything a, to eat today. It's a survival instinct. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's sure. very funny. All right, let's get into this joke. I have this is another situation, Lisa, for our three hundredth uh, anniversary. I wanted to pick some great jokes, and I failed you again. Oh, I didn't, brother. Really. Well, don't you you you've only failed me a little bit. You've okay, not, so so here's the two. You're not consistent. And don't do two. This is the problem. You do two. What you if I just, do the just the one? Uh, the yeah. one is so short. What what harm could it do? All right. Okay. Are you going to start with the short one? Or <laughs> yeah, I'll with start the with the short one. one. Here's the short okay. one. A pickle walks into a bar. <laughs> and the bartender says, hey, you're a pickle. What are you doing here? And the pickle says, well, for starters, I'm celebrating the fact that I can walk. Is that it? That's the joke, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many pickles can walk? See, that's... I'm sorry, the ending was so jarring. Aren't you Our glad part. I'm doing a second joke? <laughs> yes. Maybe not. You're right. Your instincts were right, sir. Let's get the second one. A Texan walks into a pub in Ireland, and he clears his voice to the crowd of drinkers, and he says, I hear you Irish are a bunch of drinkers. 
Well, I will give 500 American dollars to anybody in here who can drink 10 pints of Guinness back to back to back to back. Well, the room is quiet. No one takes the Texan's offer. One guy even gets up and leaves. 30 minutes later, the same guy who left shows back up and he taps the Texan on the shoulder. And the Irishman says, is your bet still good? The Texan said, well, yeah, it is. Glad you came back. And he asked the bartender to line up 10 pints of Guinness. Immediately, the Irishman tears into all 10 of the pint glasses, drinking them all <laughs> back to back to back. Wow. Well, the other pub uh, patrons cheer as the Texan just sits there in amazement. The Texan gives the Irishman the $500 he promised and says, Yeah, if you don't mind me asking, where did you go for that 30 minutes uh, that you were gone? And the Irishman says, Ah, oh, I went down to the pub down the street to see if I could really do it. <laughs> nice. for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration.